0: This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world.
1: We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now, here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody... Fisher. Thanks for joining us. Well, make sure you check out my weekly Instagram live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, now, I'm still getting the hang of this. I'm still not a live guy. I'm more of a taped guy, uh, even though I spent years in radio. So I don't know why I'm a live, not a live guy. But in any case, um, we just spent 15 minutes uh, to check in and talk a little shop, talk a little PR shop, maybe some breaking news and PR, maybe the story of the day that's going on, share some thoughts. And I would love it if you got involved and send some questions in, and we got to interact. Um, We do it all right here from the PR Garage. um, And so we want to hear from you what's going on in your world. So tune into those Instagram Lives uh, on my Instagram. That's at Jody Fisher every thursday at 2 p.m. eastern and let us know what is going on in your pr world now on with our show and our terrific guest for today jackie russo is co-founder and ceo of brand russo specializing in b2b clients her leadership transcends traditional boundaries and is a true she's a true advocate for inclusive leadership with a focus on merit and abilities and she's committed to fostering an environment where every voice is We need more people like this. Jackie's dedication to empowerment extends beyond the workplace as she mentors through Opportunity Machine 705 and Small Business Development Center. She's also on the board of the University of Louisiana Alumni Council, and she's an author, podcast host, public speaker, and a mom. The best job in the world. Jackie, welcome to the PR podcast. Thanks,
0: Jody. I'm glad to be here.
1: We were chatting before we got on here about the the joys of parenting.
0: Indeed, And it is a joy, but boy,
1: some days we really earn it, don't we?
0: (laughs) We do, we do. Uh, You know, and it's interesting, you know, my kids are a little bit older than yours, so we've already had the experience of them going around the dark side of the moon where we lose contact with them for a few years and then they come back. But uh, at every stage, it's fun. It's an adventure, uh, best underpaid job in the world.
1: Tell us a little bit about Bran Russo. Let's start at the start, right? Tell us about what you do.
0: Uh, Sure. So we started the agency in 2001. Uh, So we've been around for a minute. And I think probably like most people started as a generalist. We'll take anybody whose check will clear the bank and then realized a couple of years in that we actually had some some stuff, you know, like we kind of knew what we were doing. After college, I worked on the West Coast uh, at CAA and then Home Shopping Network Ticketmaster my co-founding partner slash husband, Michael, who's a graphic designer, copywriter by trade. He had been in Seattle. We moved back to Lafayette and then we're set up on a a blind date. So we started this agency together, really representing two halves of the whole and realized that no one in the South was doing branding like what we had done on the West Coast in our separate markets. And so we evolved into a branding agency because that's where our skill set and our heart lies. And then over time, continue to carve away, you know, niche down, become even more rooted in our expertise and more specialists. And every year that we try to become more specific is a year that we become more successful. And I don't think that's unrelated.
1: Fantastic. And, and so what kind of clients are you working for? What industries are you working in?
0: Uh, primarily manufacturing, um, professional service, and a little bit on, in, in the industrial side. You know, in the B2B space, I, and that is a broad term I appreciate, we try to stay away from anything that's going to even touch the retail. You know, fintech ends up retail, medtech ends up retail, tech, tech. Uh, so we, it's old school. It's the companies that have been around for 20, 30, 40 years that still want to do things the way they used to do them and ne- yet now get a result that they're not going to get anymore. And so it's helping them evolve and grow and realizing that Zoom is as good a tool as when they used to stop by and drop off donuts and wait around to shake somebody's hand in the lobby. There's just new ways to achieve the old goals. And so I think we've helped them kind of evolve and in return, lift them out of some plateaus and get back into growth mode.
1: That can be quite the assignment, getting people who are in the, well, we've always done it this way, kind of mode of thinking, to adopt new strategies? Is it is it like little baby steps or, or are you actually forcing some people to take some giant
0: leaps? I mean, I think of them as little bitty baby steps. I think they're looking at something that feels like the Grand Canyon. So it's all perspective. you know. For us, we feel like PR is the center of everything. And so branding is this umbrella that we call it, but anytime we are relating, um, it's, it's gotta be. And so when you think about the B2B space, they're not running super bowl ads <laughs> you know it's it's all about staying rooted in those principles and those foundational uh, opportunities so these little incremental changes yield big results because if you've done it this old way the whole time a little change makes a big difference how do you
1: get started with a client like that i mean you talk a little bit about uh, in some of the notes that you sent me about startup strategy uh building brand and we hear this all the time right how to build your brand how to use pr to build the brand how to use traditional marketing to build the brand i mean is there a starting point for everyone or is it a little bit a little bit custom
0: we think there is uh right about 2005 we started to onboard more and more people who had not had our previous work experiences and so we had to develop a, a common language in the office and a process because we wanna make sure we're doing the right things the right way every time to get the right result. And so when Michael and I sat down and mapped out what that looked and sounded like, it became uh, this thing that we call razor branding that we trademarked and have since written a book about. And it is four core principles. Focus, who we're talking to, their demographics, their psychographics, their personality profiles, their pain points, their experiences, everything we can learn about them. Our clients are in the bottle and they cannot read the label from inside. And so they need outside perspectives to better understand their customer journey. The second piece we call promise, because the brand promise is the reason why it's you. How are you different from everybody else? Why are you the right choice? If you can answer this, we are the only blank that does blank. Then you've got something to talk about. The third is connection. How are we going to cut through the clutter and connect with people? What's the message? Everybody wants to talk about themselves. List their features. I don't care about your features. I honestly don't even care that much about your benefits because it's just a way for you to talk about your features. What I really want is Donald Miller Story Brand 101. Make the target audience the center of the story. Clearly communicate that you understand their pain points and then be the person with a solution to their problem. Period. Full stop. And fourth and final is harmony. Where do these messages go? How are we going to utilize PR? When is social media going to be relevant? What are we doing from a marketing standpoint? What's the thought leadership look like? How's the email campaign going to be developed? How are all these pieces work together in harmony to become better than the sum of their parts?
1: That is a great rundown. And I hope everyone was taking notes on that. Um, Let's jump back to that piece that you talked about um, you talked about the story and the uniqueness of the message. Um, everybody seems to think that they're the only ones who do this thing. How do you talk them out of that?
0: That's the cutest thing. So what I do is I ask them, who's your competition. Now I know you don't really have any competition. There's nobody really like you, but if I went to ask 10 of your customers, who would they say they considered before coming to you? And then all of a sudden, oh, well, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, sometimes a girl, mostly guys. Okay, bring them on. So then we go to their website of each of the competitors, take their copy. We go to the social media of each of the competitors, grab screenshots of their posts and remove the logos and say, whose is whose. And the number of times that our client selects their competitor's content and says, that's our content. And I say, you're right, it is. It's your content and their content and their content and their content, and it's all the same content. And so as the outsider, your customer, who is not in your business, not in your industry, looking at you, saying, "Uh, I can't tell these people apart. They all look like the TVs on the wall at Best Buy. Some's a little brighter, some's a little darker, but they're all kind of the same. So let's get back to what makes you special and unique, because that's the thing I want to go talk about.
1: How hard is it to have that conversation to get to that next step?
0: Oh, I love that conversation. Um, they don't uh, like- No, him. I do
1: too, but like, <laughs> I bet they don't.
0: <laughs> they don't. Well, you know, we kind of developed early on in our own company, this mantra that our coworkers, our teammates are going to be happy, humble, and hungry. That's who we look for when we interview. That's who we train people to be. That's who we reflect. I have a little struggle with the humble part sometimes, but I'm rooted in it, I promise. There's some humility in this ego somewhere. Um, and so likewise, we try to attract the clients who are the same way. So for us, if we've done a good job and we've tra- attracted humble, hungry, and happy clients, then they're willing to hear us. They trust that we're experts. I don't want a client that I have to talk into hiring me. I want a client that's asking to get on the wait list to be a client. I want a company that wants to change. It's one of the first questions asked: Do you want to change? We had a regional uh, company, big, uh, headquartered in our state, but traveled to many states, very large company. Went through a huge round. This is back in 2009, 2010, huge round of of other agencies. They picked us, not the big guy that's down the street from them, not the big guy that's in New Orleans. They picked little OS us in Lafayette. We were thrilled. The work was awesome. The client was thriving. The president of the company, sends a letter to the whole company and says the greatest their marketing has ever looked, the biggest result they've ever had from campaigns ever. So we're patting ourselves on the back. And then the very next meeting, they tell us they want to go back to do the things they used to do. And we said, we can't do that. We're here to change. We're not, You, you can do the thing you used to do without us. So what's our purpose? And I said, well, no, we like the way you do stuff. We just want it done this way. I'm like, well, those two things are in conflict. And so we eventually resigned the account because what's our purpose? We have to have a purpose. We have to have a reason. And if I'm not saying it's my way or the highway, that is not an ego I bring to this fight. Uh, but I believe you've hired me to bring about change. And if you don't want change, then there's a plenty of other people you can hire to do that.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. And, and you know, argue with the results, right? I mean, if you've got the results, why would you then want to abandon um, the thing that brought you the results? To your point, you take that and you build on that and you change it yet again, perhaps, and you drive it in another new direction. But boy, why go back where the, the road where you you just got out of? That's just crazy to me.
0: Yeah. So sometimes they're stuck in their ways and, and that's their prerogative. It's their choices, their budget, it's their company. I am but a humble servant here to help. I say with not as much humility, mostly sarcasm. Um, <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so company hires us a couple of years ago uh, for a rebrand. Now, when we think about branding, we're thinking about emotional connections, right? So the brand identity is a part of that conversation, but it's not the end all be all, but we love logo work. Logos are fun. So they show us kind of some ideas of what they're thinking. They're all right. And we come to them with the ideas of what we're thinking. And every round, we get through three rounds, they keep trying to drive us back to the thing they already have. And so I say to them, you're going to this point because it's comfortable. You're going to this because it's what you've known for decades. It's what's on everything around you. And so you're seeking comfort. We're humans, that's what we do. I totally get it. If you want to change, get away from the seven colors that you have in your logo. (laughs) Get away from the five different um, symbols and visuals that are so cluttered and busy let us try. They're like, okay, okay, okay. So that's number one. So we come back with the next round and there's some great work in there. We've got six different designers working on it. It looks awesome. There's lots of varieties and styles. And they're again, trying to, through direction, make us create exactly the logo they've been using. So I, again, my second attempt explain, this is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm thinking it. This is our professional expertise, which you've hired us for. And though they're just not having it, it's all pleasant, but they just don't want to budge on change. So I said, tell you what, let us bring together a focus group, your customers sitting in a room. Let us show them a bunch of variations on a theme and we'll see what they say. Every single one of them picked a logo other than the logo the company was using every one of them. And the company's answer was, this is how everybody knows us. This is what they love. They'll they'll never hire us if we don't have the same thing we've always had. So I said, the focus group says, this is it. One of the um, people in the room when unveiling the current logo said, that makes me want to vomit. And I thought, I'm so glad you're telling them and I don't have to. So third chance. Okay, here we go. We've narrowed it down. Here are the top three based on what the focus group said, your employees said, prospective customers, people we know in the industry that haven't ever hired you before said, these are the winners. Just pick one. You're going to be happy with any of them. Oh, we just can't change. I'm like, okay, we're out. (laughs) Got it
1: just amazing just amazing to me how does that stuff then go and inform the PR story that you're telling I mean once you've you've sort of changed that identity um but you've done that through digging into their DNA you're you're not just changing you know changing the colors or changing the logo for the sake of changing it you're actually changing it with a story behind it I would presume so now how does that then go and inform the PR stories that you're telling
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. We think of storytelling as exactly that. Uh, One of the things that the client always tells us is, oh, we've just done this this huge campaign. Go tell the story. I'm like, that's not a story. Consider the audience. It's a story to you. You love this story. You want to go talk about the before and after. You want to go talk about your vision. You want to talk about, and those are all important. But tell me the media outlet that has ever covered a story just like the one you're talking about for a company in your industry or any industry everywhere. So we spend a lot of time telling them nicely that their baby's ugly or not interesting. It's the hardest yet most um, rewarding part of my job is when I can communicate that clearly. And then we proactively start talking about what really is the story. Let's talk about how you're doing things that actually matter to the workforce, to the community, to the industry. You're instituting change. You're doing something that's really important that is an actual news story, and then we'll go tell that story.
1: Yeah, I, my phrase is: uh, this may be important to you, but why is it important to everybody else?
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and that's you
1: got to consider the audience that you're talking to. You, you sure you get a you might get a nice story in Ad Age about your rebranding campaign, but outside of the ad industry, who cares, right? And right. and that's not where your customers are either, and that's what no. not what you're trying to achieve. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So, so
1: it, it it sounds like, too, in, in the course of doing this, you're surrounding yourself with people who um, can speak for an awful phrase, but truth to power. Right. Tell tell people the way it is. Tell people what's going on. Um, do it in a nice way, um, but also a productive way um talk about creating this thriving work environment that you believe so passionately in because it's it's clear to me that you have passion behind everything you do
0: well uh, you know based on my bio i I think it sounds a little more um verbose than maybe it needed to Uh, although i do appreciate you know when we get to talk about ourselves that way we're going to take the chance but you know i think this is what everybody should do i don't think we're doing anything that special i um I don't know if you subscribe to 21 Hats. Lauren Feldman has a daily newsletter for entrepreneurs. It's called 21 Hats. I think it's brilliant. It saved me in the pandemic. It was a lot of information, very clearly, concisely shared about payroll protection or idle loans or whatever was happening at that time. Uh, he used to write for Fortune and Forbes and Inc. And um, and so now he has this daily newsletter. It's brilliant. So in a conversation with a bunch of 21 Hats people yesterday, we were talking about company culture and uh, recruiting and training. And I'm thinking these are things I take to be the norm. And I'm listening to these other entrepreneurs and realizing, oh, maybe it's not that normal. So this is what we do. You know, From day one, uh, back in 2001, we've always had flexible work location. If, If you need to get the work done, get the work done. If you're doing it from the office downtown, from your house, from a vacation in California, the work needs to be done, get the work done. If you are out of pocket, you're actually on vacation not just traveling then get the work done before get the work done after change the date reassign do what we got to do it's a team we all work together okay i think that's normal but apparently only since COVID do other people think that's normal um we have a lot of team building experiences we bring in a professional development coach who works with us as a team sometimes everybody sometimes one section of the team sometimes it's everybody except the two co-founders because they need to talk about us, not in front of us, totally fine with that. And she's available for coaching one-on-one with them that the company pays for. It's not therapy, although I would imagine it feels like that sometimes, but it's not. Um, It is, in my opinion, bound by HIPAA. Uh, So I don't ask who took the coaching hours. I don't ask what they talked about. It's none of my business, but I have a happy team who wants passionately to do well for themselves, for the team, for the company, for the clients. And in my opinion, the happier my team is, the more potential we have for happy clients. If I have an unhappy team, I'm going to have unhappy clients. It's just science. So we focus on that. Um, In April of this year, we started our four-day week and three months in during our professional development session, had a whole conversation about it, pros and cons around the room. Everybody had Things that had become a challenge that we had to work through and everybody had things that were really positive about it, but the positive way overwhelmed the negative. So after our three month trial run, we have made it permanent and official forever and ever. Amen. So it's 52 paid days off. Um, And nobody's pay changed. The work still gets done. I find people are more efficient. I find people are happier. I love having Fridays off. I get to do fun stuff like this with you. So it's win-win all the way around. Um, I, we try to empower people. And if they know how to do it, great, go do it. You don't need me to babysit you. If they don't know how to do it, let's figure out what do you need. Do you need mentoring? Do you need coaching? Do you need education? Do you need a class? Do you need a book? Do you need to talk it through with somebody? How can we help you be successful at this thing? Um, I go out of my way to hire people smarter than me. Our PR director, Christina, knows more about PR than I hope to. And she's 20 years younger than me and 10 times smarter. Well, maybe like five times smarter. But why would I hire somebody that knows less than me? What am I gaining there? Uh, and then we have the basic stuff, you know, we had, we remodeled our kitchen at the office and built this really nice coffee bar. Cause everybody drinks coffee. I don't drink coffee. I drink water. So we put in a nice nugget ice maker and filtered water purifier. That's chilled all the time. So I'm happy with my water. They're happy with their coffee. Everybody wins, um, snacks, tell us what snacks you want. And we're going to load the kitchen up with those snacks. So we have cold snacks. We have, um, you know, fresh cold stuff and then just packaged Junk food, but sometimes that's what people want. I want them to have it. And um, it's free for the taking. And sometimes I think that's their only lunch because they're trying to work through and get something done and they don't have time to leave. They can, they have a flexible schedule, but they want to get something finished. So why would I stop them? Because they're hungry. I want to feed them, I want to make them happy. Um, We have games, we have activities, we spend a lot of time together every day. And so it starts with group interviews to make sure we all feel good about the person we are going to be working with and ends with team building to stay connected to each other. So we work on communication and boundaries and difficult conversations and values and um, those soft skills that I think are really hard.
1: It's interesting to hear you c- uh, communicate all that stuff because you've got, you know, part of it is sort of the um, the, the snacks and the cool environment and the, and the you know, and the, the, the place that um, helps you get the work done, but it's the real emphasis that I'm hearing you put on all this is the, is the, how you trust your people and the, how you empower your people. And you sort of give them an rope to say, go ahead, go do it, go do the thing I asked you to do in the way that you know best and get it done. Um, and as I put it to people who I've, you know, employed, um, Get done so you can go have a life. Correct. (laughs) Go, go leave. the Life is outside the office. Get your work done as fast as you possibly can and then get out of here. Correct. Um, But but, but empowering them to be able to be okay with that can be a trick.
0: It is a trick. And there are missteps. Mistakes are made. Things go awry. Uh, First of all, nobody dies. That's super important, I think. Second of all, we don't waste money. If we waste a client money or we waste our money, that makes me very sad. Everything else is a learning experience. And so, will they do it exactly the way I would have done it? No, they are not me. Is it sometimes better? Oh, all the time. Sometimes, would my version have been better? Maybe. So, let's learn from that. Let me give you some coaching. Let me give you some feedback. Let me walk you through what I was thinking when I explained it this way. If I care to the minute detail of exactly how it's done, then either I'm going to do it myself or I'm going to better communicate so much in a way that they have a very clear picture in their head that looks just like the clear picture in my head. But if I'm focused on the end result and achieving the goal, not the steps to get there, then go forth and do. Because that's the only way they're going to learn and it's the only way they're going to get better. And that's the only way we're going to keep growing.
1: Speaking of which, what advice do you give to young people who are getting into this business, whether it's marketing, whether it's PR, whether it's any other type of you know, job within the big umbrella of what we do? Are there things that you advise they either look for or things they stay away from or skills they bring to the table?
0: I do a lot of speaking at our local university and providing internships, both in-person, hybrid and virtual. It's not both, it's three things. Any option of how they need to take it uh, because we want them to have experiences early on. That's my first piece of advice is know what you're getting yourself into while you still can go do a couple weeks couple months a semester at a place whether it is in-house at a company at a nonprofit organization or at an agency three very different experiences so you need to know what each of those experiences are like before you commit to a path i spent from like 3rd grade to 16th grade thinking i was going to be a lawyer and i am not so you know, imagine if I had not interned in 15th grade for um, a, a local agency for a couple of weeks and realized there's this whole other world out there that I am fascinated by and really have a natural inclination towards what would my life path have, have been so different? So I think it's important that first thing, you've got to go test drive before you buy the car. So take it for a first spin and figure out what you want. Secondly, I am the recipient of probably 20 or 30 email, cover letters, resumes a week. So I'm inundated. I get a lot of them. And this is not even when we're looking for somebody. This is just on a daily. So it'd be great if you spelled the name of the person you're sending it to correctly. It'd be awesome if you actually replaced the name of the company you sent it to last time with the company you're sending it to this time. Um, super cool if you do a little proofy proof And make sure every word is spelled correctly, because I will respond and tell you, by the way, this is how my name is spelled. By the way, this is the name of the company. By the way, you've got four typos in these three paragraphs. And attention to detail is something that we um, pride ourselves on and value highly here at our company. So if you want to work here, these are things you might want to. So I'm just going to pretend like you didn't send this. You fix it and resend it. We'll start our whole relationship again. Sometimes they send it back fixed. Sometimes they don't. Lesson learned. Um, You know, when you show up for the interview, don't have the person that drove you, especially if it's your mom, come inside. That's just not really good practice. And yet that's happened more times than I care to recount. And I'm in t-shirt and jeans every day. So I'm not expecting you to be in a prom dress or a tuxedo or formal attire. However, your halter top and booty shorts is not actually appropriate workwear. Casual or not. I want fully clothed humans at a job interview. Um, From there, when people are thinking about going into it, I say, go for it. I think it's the greatest industry in the world. Um, If you have an inclination towards being a good writer or a good speaker or a good thinker, which we all should be one of those three, um, it's a kind of job where you can go work in any market, in any industry, in any size company that fits your inclination, Sometimes we want to be in a really big company. I've worked for some really big Fortune 500 companies. They're awesome. I am naturally now kind of on the side of small business since I run one and uh, work at one and like one. But there's a whole lot of world in between those two that gives you a lot of variety of choices. So figure out what you want and you can find something that will uh, fit into your marketing, branding, advertising, social media, PR skill set, and you can have a really successful, profitable career and life.
1: Lots of inspiration for the young right. people out there. And that's part of the reason that we have that we run this podcast is to hear from uh, professionals like you who have years in the business, give advice to the next generation that's coming through. So, Jackie, thank you for sharing all that. We really appreciate it sure we are going to segue now into the rapid fire question portion of our podcast. This is where we steal a page from inside the Actor studio, ask our guests, a series of rapid fire questions meant to elicit a simple answer, maybe a laugh or two. I'm certain we're going to get that out of you, Jackie Russo with your indulgence rapid fire question. Number one, what is your favorite news source?
0: Ooh, favorite news source is 21 hats.
1: There you go. Rapid fire question. Number two, what's your favorite social media platform?
0: Favorite social media platform is Facebook.
1: Rapid fire question number three. And you kind of already answered this, but go for it anyway. Coffee or alcohol?
0: Ooh, water. I stopped drinking alcohol when I turned 40 and never really was a big coffee drinker.
1: Okay. That that sounds good. I actually have stopped drinking alcohol five years ago. It's been five years plus. Congrats. I got to tell you, great decision. Feels good. decision. (laughs) It really does. Do not miss hangovers. No. Rapid fire question number four. What's your favorite on the run food? We need some Louisiana flavor.
0: Ooh, okay. So that's challenging because my first answer was going to be Chick-fil-A, but that's not very Louisiana. So then I'll go with Raising Cane's, which is the local version of Chick-fil-A. Chicken fingers. The sauce is to die for. Started just down the road in Baton Rouge. Um, Big fan.
1: Raising Cane's is growing, is it not? It's, it's like the steaks all over the place.
0: All over the place, all over the place.
1: Yeah, we've here in New York, we've had the Chick-fil-A invasion. Right. We have not yet experienced the Raising Cane's and I, I need some balance.
0: It's coming, right, cause those be. fries, those fingers and that sauce cannot be beat.
1: Nice, nice. All right, right. and here's the, uh, the uh, introspective one rapid fire question number five, Jackie. What do you wanna be after you finish this career?
0: I don't think I'll finish this career. I think that at some point I will segue from running the agency. And I um, have started a couple of years ago, another company called Brand State U that trains people to be better marketing directors, PR experts. I find so many people in our industry didn't go to school for this and evolved into that job either by their own choice or their bosses and feel disadvantaged because they don't have the foundation. And so it's online classes, and now it's evolved into in-person classes. And we just did a women's summit at sea on a Royal Caribbean ship. It was a week immersive of learning um, about how to build marketing plans and be a happier uh, person. So it was really awesome. And uh, I want to do more of that. So I think I'll segue out of being a day-to-day agency CEO at some point and lean all in on the consulting that I do with the Edward Lowe Foundation and the trainings that I provide to people because it's still fun.
1: It is fun. And that sounds like a great program. We're going to have to have you back and hear more about that. We'll have a show just about that program because that sounds terrific. Would love to. Jackie, this has been a great conversation. Again, thank you so much. Please let people know how they can find you online.
0: Brand Russo, uh, pretty much everywhere you go or Jackie Russo, spell J-A-C-I-R-U-S-S-O. Uh, you'll find me just about everywhere you get your social media content.
1: Sounds good. We'll look you up. Thanks again, Jackie. And thank you everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The PR Podcast and send us a question or a comment. Our intro is by Christopher Appold. You can find him and his fantastic photography on Instagram at Christopher underscore A-P-P-O-L-D-T. Check him out there and hire him for all your photography needs. You can find me online at Jody Fisher on all the socials and on the web at jodyfisherpr.com. We'll see you next time on the PR Podcast.